This is Digital Communicators, the comms focus show for the tech sector. Hello, my name's Simon Coughlin. I'm a director here at Babel and welcome to the Digital Communicators podcast. Today, I'm looking at the B2B technology trends for 2024. I'm delighted to be joined by California-based Eric Siegel. Eric is a leading consultant and former Columbia University professor who helps companies deploy machine learning. He is the founder of the long-running Machine Learning Week conference series and the executive editor of the Machine Learning Times. He's also an author, having written the best-selling Predictive Analytics, The Power to Predict Who Will Click, Buy, Lie or Die, which has been used in courses at hundreds of universities. And early in 2024, we'll see the publication of his next book, The AI Playbook. Hi, Eric. Simon, nice to be on the show. You're very welcome. Can we just kick off by you outlining your career today, what your main passions and interests in the world of tech? I've always been in love with the idea of AI, but I've discarded the that broad notion for something much more concrete, which is machine learning, which is what people often mean by AI, which I, uh, which I dated to marry starting 32 years ago. I've been in machine learning for 30 years. I am married to it. I've been an independent consultant for 20 years. Before that, I was a Columbia University professor, and I taught the graduate courses in AI and machine learning. And as you mentioned, I've been running the conference series, Machine Learning Week, since 2009, which is international, also in Berlin, as well as in the United States. So my passion is to get machine learning deployed to actually capture value at enterprises. Certainly, AI has been the number one buzz term across the globe this year. In fact, the BBC recently reported that Collins Dictionary considered AI to be the word or the phrase of the year. It'd be interesting to get your thoughts on the AI hype. And as you mentioned, what is the key difference between AI and machine learning? Machine learning is a well-defined technology, learning from data to predict in order to improve operations who's going to buy this product if I market them in order to target marketing, targeting fraud detection according to which transactions might be fraud, insurance applications according to which are going to file high claims, targeting ads. There's a million ways, and the use cases are generally defined by what do you predict and what do you do about it. So it's the way to improve all the large-scale operations of, of organizations. That's why it's also called predictive analytics. Now, with that in mind, people throw around the word AI in many different ways, and it means whatever you want it to mean. And I would say that when people use that buzzword without defining it, and often they just use it as a synonym for machine learning, but it's generally meant to mean something else, something beyond that. And when it's used without defining it, which is often the case, people are conveying a willingness to just be vague rather than concrete about what the technology is, value proposition, its capabilities. So there's a problem. AI is, is, a, is a buzzword that without further definition can mean a, a lot of different things. Now, what we're seeing now with generative AI is extremely exciting and amazing. And as a graduate student, when I was getting my PhD, I was within a natural language processing research group also at Columbia University. And I never thought I'd see what these models are capable of today as far as writing very human-like text in natural languages like English. So I'm flabbergasted. I'm extremely excited. I'm amazed by it. But the world is perhaps too excited, perhaps 10 times, perhaps the valuations and the expectations 
that people have of what this is going to be capable of are even go a lot further than my own personal excitement to the point where it's hype. Expectations are not being aligned. And what it comes down to is that you have to supervise as a human. It has to be a human in the loop, every output that the thing generates. It's not going to be human-like in its actual full extent of capabilities. So it has a human-like aura. It has human-like capabilities to a point. But that point is actually much more limited than most people give it credit for. There's been massive hype around AI in 2023. And a lot of big companies have been mentioning in their financial results about how they're looking at how they can implement AI to drive productivity, to improve processes. But we've yet to see a huge number of tangible benefits, i.e. AI working action. Do you see that changing within the enterprise in 2024? Or are we some years away from that? No, I do see that becoming a little bit more clear. And there are early reports showing that, hey, if you have people in certain positions and they use a large language model to pre-draft whatever they're trying to do, let's say that they're operating a chat room support and they're a human providing support to a customer or an internal client, and then the language model provides them some candidate paragraph or a few sentences or what have you, and they can pick and choose how to use that so there's a human in the loop at every interaction. That can really increase productivity. So to the degree that we see this as a tool for very specifically defined use cases like, hey, it's going to pre-draft something that then a human is going to review, there certainly is a, a lot of potential value. I believe that the expectations, though, go a lot further than that. And taking to an ultimate degree, people talk about AGI, artificial general intelligence, which is where the computer is capable of any human task or any cognitive task by a human and basically can take over any job. And people are seeing the capabilities that emerge now, which are so amazing, as a sign that we're definitively on our route rapidly towards AGI. I believe that's a myth and that underlies a great deal of the hype. So there's a big difference between what it's capable of now, which often seems very human-like, and what it really means to achieve human level capabilities. So that difference is really going to start to hurt when the expectations fail to be met over the next two to five years. And looking outside of AI, maybe towards specifically ML or, or other technology which you have an interest in, what do you see as being some of the key tech B2B trends for 2024? My new book, The AI Playbook that you mentioned, coming early February 2024, is meant to address a correction that's needed across the machine learning industry, which is all those kinds of applications where you're improving large-scale operations I mentioned. There's lots of proven game-changing deployments, but it turns out that a majority of the new machine learning initiatives actually fail to achieve deployment. So the core technology is sound. You can learn from data, you can generate a predictive model that can predict a lot better than guessing, can tip the odds in the numbers games that we all play as organizations. That's to technology sound, but then when it comes to actually putting the pedal to the metal, operationalizing it, changing existing operations according to those outputted predictions, which are basically a bunch of probabilities, who's most likely to click buy, lie, or die, like in the title of my first book, the company gets cold feet. Stakeholders lack visibility. They don't get to the point of really understanding and trusting the capabilities. And it's really ultimately a lack of planning, a lack of the proper practice, paradigm, structure, 
framework or discipline at the organization. And so the titular playbook of my new book, the AI playbook, is is presenting to the world a potentially standard understood paradigm. It's a six step practice where you plan backward. How is this going to deploy? What change does that entail? And, and, and therefore, what data do we need and what's going to be predicted? And most importantly, involving business stakeholders in that end to end practice, getting them ramped up on semi-technical understanding of what it means to use this technology. And that really just simply comes down to stakeholders understand what's predicted, how well, and then what's done about it. And without getting their hands a bit dirty, get a little bit of that concrete knowledge. It's not rocket science. It's just, for some reason, not prevalent knowledge yet. It's how do we use that rocket science and getting an understanding of that in concrete terms. Then we'll have a much better track record and be able to collaboratively participate across the enterprise, across roles, data scientists and business side stakeholders will be able to deeply collaborate on this and actually get these models uh, successfully deployed. You've mentioned some of the potential use cases for ML. Do you see any particular sectors over the next five to 10 years really benefiting from this technology? For example, is it data heavy, highly regulated industries such as financial services? And any views on that? Yeah, financial services is already where there's probably a, um, a huge focus there. And the deployment of the, these kinds of use cases of machine learning, also known as predictive analytics, has been around for decades now and has only been developing and increasing. Obviously, high tech is where it hits first. That's where there tends to be a greater understanding across organizational personnel. And you've got those digital properties. Google search results are based on a predictive model and targeting of ads. In financial services, predicting which banking customer is going to cancel in order to, to target retention of them. Targeting marketing in general across sectors. The thing that excites me is where we see established kind of bricks and mortar enterprises doing a better job of actually implementing and operationalizing machine learning. Then we know we've made it as an industry where the established long-term, maybe a century-old process. The leading example in my book, the AI playbook is UPS, which actually predicts who's gonna be receiving a package tomorrow in order to optimize the way those packages are delivered which amounted to a savings of $35 million a year estimated as 10% of really a $350 million a year savings when you combine that prediction system with another system that was also deployed to improve the routing of the driving routes of those trucks. So to me, bridging that gap where we get from sort of small pockets, certain kinds of financial services, high tech, and getting the rest of the world to not only embrace the concept of deploying machine learning, of acting on probabilities systematically across thousands or hundreds of thousands of operational decisions a day, to actually embracing that and successfully deploying it, that's going to be the next breakthrough where machine learning's potential um, really reaches fruition. A lot of the people that are going to be listening to today's podcast work in PR, communications, marketing roles. How easy is it, do you think, for non-IT, non-technical people to get to grips with machine learning, predictive analytics? It's super easy. It takes more than an hour, but it's a book's worth. It's actually probably the bigger contribution of my book because it ramps up that non-technical business reader while it goes through those six steps of, of the practice. Look, we all took algebra in high school. It's not harder than that. And it's a heck of a lot more interesting because it's pertinent. What's predicted, how well, and what's done about it. Take that and, and flesh it out over a few chapters. When I say what's predicted, it's one thing to say, hey, I'm going to predict which customers are going to cancel, which customers are we at risk of losing. 
that's a nice concept. Anybody can understand that, but you actually have to get much more specific. Which customers who've been around for at least three months are going to decrease their spend by at least 80% over the next three months and not increase their spend a proportional amount in a different channel, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a big, long yes, no question. And you have to flesh out all those details. It's not the rocket science part, it's targeting the rocket science. It's defining in concrete terms that are pertinent to the business exactly what this thing should be predicting, which then is gonna be manifest in what data is needed because you need both positive and negative examples of whatever you're trying to predict. So you don't have to be a data scientist. You don't have to be doing the hands-on part, but getting a sense of what exactly you're going to be predicting and then what's done about it, how that's used, how the probabilities now for each individual are going to actually be integrated into and change existing operations. It's not business as usual. You have to actually change operations in order to improve them. No technology alone in a cubicle or in a box can do anything unless its output is actually used and acted upon by the organization. That's the deployment. That's the goal. That's the carrot at the end of the stick that you reverse plan for from the inception of the project. So people wrapping their heads around what that entails concretely. And then the third of those three items, how well. So some numbers, some metrics, but the right metrics. It's just arithmetic, but it's the right. It's very particular arithmetic. So there is some ramp up. It's not harder than algebra, but once you start looking at it, it's much more interesting because it's so directly pertinent to whatever these large scale operations that you're in charge of or that you have a stake in. If you're not looking at some numbers and some concrete mechanics about how you're improving those operations, you're not looking at anything and you're not doing your job. Rather than delegating all the ins and outs, all the details that may seem technical culturally to the data scientists, you need to uh, dive in and get your feet wet, wet, your hands dirty and participate. I mentioned that the AI playbook is coming out next year. It's a few years since you wrote your, your previous book. How do the two compare? The first book, Predictive Analytics, is about these use cases, enterprise use cases of machine learning. It's about how it's used, but it's also how it works concretely under the hood. The second book is how to capitalize on it, how to use it, how to actually capture value with it. Both books are accessible and ramp up non-technical business readers, including some concrete sense of what the core technology entails. The big difference is that with the first book, I was trying to get the world excited about machine learning. At this point, we don't need to do that anymore. Instead, we need to get the world more excited about its launch. Right now, everyone's more excited. It's like being more excited about the rocket science than the actual launch of the rocket. It's this fetishization of the core technology of about the AI concept as a brand, about what it means to learn from data, which is why I got into it in the first place in, in my technical background. Uh, like so many others, it is amazingly cool technology, but we need to put at least as much energy and attention on what it means to operationalize it, integrate it, deploy it. And that's where the industry is falling short and can, has stands to greatly improve. Eric, sounds fascinating. Thanks so much for your time. Just finally, where can people find out more about the AI Playbook? Where can people get hold of a copy? The website for the AI Playbook is bizml, which is the name of the titular playbook of the six-step practice, B-I-Z-M-L, the business practice for running machine learning projects. So bizml.com. Also, if you're interested in an early free copy of the audiobook version, there's an offer you'll find on that website where you can pre-order on Amazon, one of the other formats, and immediately receive the audiobook version. Eric, thanks very much. I'll make sure that it's on my Christmas list before to reading it. Awesome. Thanks, Simon. Thanks for your time. Bye-bye.
For more information about Babel and other episodes of this podcast, head to www.babelpr.com forward slash podcasts.